Hey guys, welcome to Drunk Gossip. I'm Ed, I'm coming to you live from rainy and cold New York City. So, this is our 100th episode. Back in March, when I started this podcast, I had no idea I was going to last until the next episode, let alone 99 more. So, thank you all for listening. Um... You know, as we talked about in the last podcast, I do have some exciting things coming up. We have our first companion book, uh, The Kelly Collapse. It's out on Amazon right now in both ebook and paperback formats. So please, please um, go take a look, buy it. Tell me what you think. Um, you know, when I started this, I wasn't making any money. I was just doing it for the love of gossip. And then my friend encouraged me to um, seek out monetization. So I was, you know, I, I did that. Um, and, and now we have it. So during, during my breaks, you're going to be hearing commercials from now on. Um, you'll still be hearing my voice because I'm recording the commercials. But this is just completely awesome. And I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for helping me reach 100 episodes. And it would not be our 100th episode without me coughing. Um, that just seems to be a recurring thing here. Um, and for the 100th, 100th episode, I can't speak either. Big surprise, right guys? Um, first of all, I'm drinking champagne because 100 episodes. Um, but also, Um, Instead of doing the celebrity conspiracy theories like I was planning on, we're going to do investigative gossip. So what does that mean? It means I'm looking into some of the really big stories. Um, Some of them will be true crime. Some of them will just be looking a little bit deeper um, into some of the the gossip stories. So we're going to start with Jeffrey Epstein. He was a billionaire. He was accused of pedophilia um, and, ch- and having child porn. But then the Manhattan DA made a deal with him where all those charges got dropped. And the victims, he was, so Jeffrey Epstein was accused of molesting little girls. And not only molesting, but also trafficking these little girls. And uh, um, so there's this whole big debate because the victims weren't talked to or asked about this deal. And the Miami Herald started digging into this a little bit. And... Uh, the the lead investigator, or the lead reporter, Julie K. Brown, says they were betrayed by the people who were supposed to protect them. Which, this is true. Jeffrey Epstein was doing horrible, horrible things to these girls. And, you know, it, 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 it is a perversion of justice what happened here. But why did it happen? In, um, in this this piece is waiting for approval from the editors over at Vocal, but I wrote a piece called 
Money Talks Pedophiles Walk. And basically, what we're finding is that if you have enough money, if you have enough power, you can buy the influence. Now, of course, people are going to give me the side eye and say, well, yeah, we've known that, Ed. But here's the thing. Yes, of course, we've known that. That This is not a big surprise. But what we didn't know is just to the extent that corruption, you know, Manhattan in New York City is supposed to be a haven of um, liberalism and, you know, humanity. But what we're finding is these people are just as bad. Um, the DA who is in charge of the case, let me see if I can find his name again. Um, it's Acosta, but I can't find, I don't remember his first name. Um, Alexander Acosta, he is, he was the Miami U.S. attorney. And then Trump turned around and um, made him Secretary of Labor. Is Donald Trump part of this? You know, does he have some sway? Maybe. I'm. Listen, there's a lot of bad things I can say about Donald Trump. I don't know how far deep into the scandal he is. Or if Epstein just gave him enough money for his campaign and he was like, oh, you're, you be loyal. Go ahead and serve on my cabinet. There's so much corruption with that man that that would take another hundred drunk gossip episodes to get into. Um, but it, it is very weird that someone who was accused of pedophilia and sex trafficking is now serving on the administration. And before I go, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this loud and very clear. If this was Obama, if this was Bill Clinton, if this was um, Bush Jr. or Bush Jr., may he rest in peace, Congress would not have even confirmed the man and would have called for an investigation as to why he was even nominated. And I'm going to go and I'm going to pour myself another glass of champagne to celebrate 100 episodes. Um, And I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, lately I've been really into true crime. Um, They're among my most popular articles um, on Vocal and that I'm selling. Speaking of which, I'm... I'm transitioning over to an article writer, so thank you very much for all your support. And if you happen to have a blog or something that needs some true crime sex or pop culture articles, just send me a little email at at authoreddyanderson.com. That is my shameless plug, okay? I need the work. (laughs) So, this next deep dive, or whatever you want to call it. Investigation, I guess. Um, is about Lori Peterson. She used to be on Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, and according to my Real Housewives guru, my best friend, 
She was only on for a couple seasons, and then she left. And, but during that time, she got some notoriety. And, um, her son was very troubled. He's, um, a drug addict and whatnot. And so basically, one night, he went to a drug house. There was a shooting, and someone died. And um, Lori's son, Josh, is the only suspect. But she has been working and fighting and whatever, saying there's no way it could have been him. So why couldn't it have been him? Well, basically her defense has been they didn't look at anyone else. Is that fair? I don't know. I I really... I literally can't answer that because it's such a weird thing to me. Um, you know, I I can't tell if it's just a mother trying to protect her son or if the police are just not doing their job and looking at everything. Here's what Lori has to say. My son was tested immediately for gunshot residue. He had none on him whatsoever. They did not test the other suspect. The other possible suspect, excuse me. And so during this, she talked about um, how she made the decision to support him um, through rehab, but she hasn't paid any of his legal bills. And here's what she said. Here's what she said. So because Josh found the strength and resilience and he was able to do so without any help, he hasn't been given any rehabilitation. Nothing but strength from himself. He's really invested in himself into this case and studied. And it's really given him a purpose. And the silver lining is he is sober. So, I you know, this is all well, good, and fine, and great, but what does it actually mean? Was he sober at the time of the, the incident? Or, you know, could he possibly really, truly be the shooter? You know, it, with, the, with the police not testing, allegedly not testing both suspects, or... All of the suspects, I shouldn't say both, because we don't know how many there are. But with the police not testing everyone, and Josh allegedly coming up clean, that, it really does sound like a frame-up. Is, is that the case? I don't know. Um, it would be really easy for me to sit here and say one way or the other, yes or no. But I'm not a lead detective on the case. I'm not even a detective on the case. I'm a writer who's following the case and picking up whatever little tidbits I can find. Um, but Lori is so adamant and she's out there like just really promoting her son's innocence. And the cynical part of me thinks that this is her way of trying to land another reality show, or get back on Real Housewives. 
you know, and if that's the case, that's really crappy. But if she's actually trying to help her son, then then it's great. But at some point, there's going to be a gag order placed because now you're contaminating the jury pool. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. We're going to, of course, follow the story. And I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, um, before I settled on Drunk Gossip as the title and, um, concept for my next, for rating the, the gossip world after Generation Gossip, um, I played with the idea of doing, like, a Seven Degrees of Susan Lucci. So, we're gonna kind of do the same thing here, but a little bit differently, Instead of having it all connect to, um, having all these people connect to a person, we're going to have them connect to an issue. So, Stephanie Seymour, David Beckham, and Hilary Duff. What do these people have in common? If you're still trying to figure it out, let me help you out. They have all been mired in controversy for kissing their children on the lips. Um, Stephanie Seymour is a model, if you don't know. And she was kind of the first one to face the um, controversy of this. Because her and her son were kissing on the beach. Um, Hers might be more of a over-the-top example. Because if I remember the story correctly... Um, it was, it it seemed like they were making out a little bit more, and her son was definitely much older. Um, he was in his teens, if not 18. Um, and then Hilary Duff, in 2016, faced some backlash for kissing her four-year-old on the lips. And David Beckham has, twice in the last year, um, 2017 and 2018, um, been photographed kissing his, his daughter on the lips, and she's really young, like, six, maybe seven, um, and and that could be on the old side there, too, to be honest, so Stephanie Seymour was like, hey, look, like, this is just the relationship I have with my kid, um, Um, Stephanie Seymour's son, Peter, wrote that they, um, that him and Stephanie played up the kiss a little bit more because the um, photographers were watching, the paparazzi was there. Um, and if you look at the one picture, though, it is really creepy because his hand is on her breast. Um, but Hilary Duff was like, screw this. And she went on Instagram after being, like, just dealing with all the negativity. And she wrote, for anyone commenting that a kiss on the lip with my four-year-old is inappropriate, go ahead and click a quick unfollow with your warped minds and judgments. Um, And now, again, with the David Beckham thing... It's really bizarre to me. 
Um, Pierce Morgan, who I wrote about in Ariana Grande on the internet, um, called it creepy. But this man, this is a man who talks about women's legs or women like their sexual objects there for his satisfaction. And if they talk back to him or if they tell him that he's wrong, then he gets really bent out of shape. It, it, it's, it would be comical if it wasn't so damn sad. Um, but Victoria Beckham, a.k.a. Sporty Spice... Said, um, I kiss all my kids on the lips. Brooklyn, maybe not. Brooklyn is 18, so he might find that a little strange. But I'm very affectionate with my kids. It's how I was brought up. We want to show our kids love and we protect them, look after them, and support them. Having children is the most special thing in the world. And truly, you can... I mean, there's nothing really, there's nothing really creepy about it. Um, it's just David Beckham kissing his little girl. Um, I, and it feels like people just want to be bent out of shape here. I'm not a parent. I'll probably never be a parent. Um, and for me, so it it's never something I've actually considered. Um, growing up, no, we didn't kiss our parents on the lips. My parents were lucky if they got a handshake from me. And I always thought that we were the abnormal ones because my friends did kiss their parents on the lips. And it was like, okay. Um, one commenter said, you know, this isn't the 90s anymore. This isn't okay. What's not okay is telling people how to raise their kids. What's not okay is acting like you know what's best for each family just because... It's not a man-constructed concept. Time is not real. We created time. So get over yourselves. And speaking of time, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And so it's December now. It's her 100th episode. So what better way to launch this new segment than today? So today we are, let's talk. I'm getting so ahead of myself here, people. It's just champagne. This one's throwing them stick and do it. (laughs) Um, So the, the new segment I want to do is called Drunk Holidays. Um, next year will probably launch a little bit earlier, if I remember. My my memory is not what it used to be. And I I hear people and know you're all wrong. Mm-mm. Wrong. You is dead wrong and you know it. <laughs> so basically during holidays, we're just gonna talk everything holiday. So in order to fit with the theme of this episode. We're going to do a deep dive into um, Baby Gets Cold Outside. Um, and Anchor would have allowed me to add the song in here, but then I'd have to pay, and I don't want to pay. You've all heard Baby Gets Cold Outside. Um, 
and you know what what it's all about. Um, a Cleveland station has decided that it's not going to play the song this year because it feels a little rapey. <coughs> yeah, I had to say that without dying. Um, and I mean, I get it. You have... Uh, you, you might have a little bit of concern with lyrics like, say what's in this drinks, no cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how your eyes are like starlight now. You know, okay, what's in this drink? It does kind of have a little bit of a context there, but maybe, you know, maybe a little date rapey. I get it. But this song was written... Um, in like the 30s. Uh, I was trying to find the exact date, um, or the at least the exact year that it was written. 1944. Okay, 1944. You know what else was illegal then? Alcohol, I think. I think that was prohibition. Mandy, was that prohibition? I'm asking her like she's actually going to answer me. You know what? She actually will answer me. When she listens to this, she's going to text me and be like, no, that was a different time period. What are you thinking? (laughs) Um, So back in 1944, it wasn't date rapey. It was, is there alcohol in here? Because I have to drive and I can't get a cab. You know, there's a lot of people who want to make something out of nothing. And I mean, I've done it too. Um, There was a period not too long ago where I had a friend who was trying to ruin some of the best musicals in the world. I don't know if she was doing it on purpose because she was a bitch or if this is how she really felt. I'm kind of leaning towards she was a stupid bitch. (laughs) But then I, like, I listened to Hairspray. And, um, I forgot what song it is now. Let me see if I can pull up my Apple Music and tell you. It's a song where he's... He's talking about... Without love. I, I'm i pretty sure it's without love. Um, where he's... Uh, where Link is talking about how much he loves... Um, I keep wanting to call her Nikki Blonde. <laughs> oh, I'm a hot mess in this segment. Um, Tracy, um, Link is telling Tracy that he left her no matter what she weighs. And I was like, okay, that's a little, that's a little, like, um, That's a little, um, what am I trying to say here, people? 
it, it's a little um, body shamey. Yes, this segment is going to run a little bit long because, well, frankly, I lost my damn mind. <laughs> um, um, and also, I listen to I listen to Avenue Q song. Um, you can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love, and you know they say, "Oh, she's wasted." You can basically you can have your way with her, like do this thing. And in the context of when it was written, it wasn't bad. In today's context, it's like, what about consent? She can't give you consent. You you better put that penis away. Mm-mm, no. So getting back to baby gets cold outside, it's the same thing. You know, and yes, I get it. Like, in today's context, no. It, it wouldn't hold up. It wouldn't be a good song. But this is a song that has been around for 75 years. Or just about 75 years. And so now we're trying to force our context onto this song. And it that's just not okay because that's not what was going on during this time. You know, what was going on during this time was, oh, hey, if we're seen together, if a single woman is seen in a man's apartment, she's labeled a whore. If a single woman is seen in a man's apartment today, we call her a reality star. And back then, men did try to convince women to have sex with them. Now, men try to convince women to have anal with them. See, there's a big difference. But you can't go changing what happened in the past to fit today's context. It's just not okay. I'm going to go, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So I was going to do this. Um, I was going to actually write a a big, long expose. And I still might, because I'm not going to... I don't have all the information yet, and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But I figured... I might do it just as an investigative piece, a multi-part investigative piece for John Cossop because it's good. Now, Mandy already knows about this and she's not very happy. Um, but it is what I found and it's what I continue to find. Social media is not always your friend, people. I just have to say that. Um, and I, I've reached out to... Um, representatives for both Children USA and Corey Feldman, and neither have um, responded to my um, my request for um, a comment. Mostly, I think it's because they're very they they're very scared, and they don't actually think that I'm um, a reporter. Why are they scared? There are multiple accusations against Corey Feldman right now that he is a sexual harasser, a sexual assaulter, and a pedophile. Um, first, let me give you a little context. For those of you that don't know, Corey Feldman has been a crusader against pedophilia in Hollywood for... Um, 
for the last several years, um, there's been a lot of talk from him about naming names and bringing down the the men who allegedly assaulted him, him and Corey Haim as a team. And, you know, maybe this is fair. Maybe this is, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't happen to him, because I wasn't there. And, you know, none of us were there. Only Corey Feldman and these, these men who allegedly, um, fucked him. There's a story about Corey Haim that is very famous, um, I'm sure you've heard it. And if you have it, I'm going to give it to you really fast. Um, this was on the set of Jack with um, Charlie Sheen and Corey Haim. Um, and a couple of other big stars. I, I can't remember their names right now, but they don't count. They don't matter because they're not part of the story. So the way the story goes is um, Charlie Sheen at the time was like 22 or 23. Um, he, was, he was older. Corey Haim was 15 or 16. And Charlie Sheen... Went up to Corey Haim and was like, hey, um, you know, give me anal. I want your, I want to fuck your ass. And Corey Haim was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And, and Charlie Sheen was like, no, like, it would bond us. We would be best buddies. So Corey Haim gave up his ass, allegedly. And they fucked and... Um, this is where the story kind of, um, I've heard both versions, but it, this, the one, the part I'm about to tell you sounds the most true to me. Um, so after that, Charlie and Corey came, would fuck every day. At the end of filming, Charlie had started seeing a girl. I was blowing uh, Corey came off. And um, so basically Corey Haim was very upset by this. And, but he was like uh, uh, allegedly he really liked it whenever and then so it it, it kind of got around and Charlie started being nasty. So one day they were, um, Corey Haim walked into a restaurant. Charlie Sheen was um, just beginning two and a half men, I believe. And Corey Haim was like, hey, like, you know, we should hang out again. And Charlie Sheen was like, no, no. But and then afterwards, um, something changed Charlie's mind. And he was like, yeah, you know, let's do this thing. Let's hang out. And he raped Corey Haim again. And at this point, allegedly, Corey Haim was just like, I'm in love with you, blah, blah. And Charlie Sheen's like, yeah, about that now. Um, and I believe Corey Haim died shortly after that. Let me, let me double check. Because maybe it wasn't two and a half men. Maybe it was Spin City. Um, uh, 
No, okay, yeah, it was it was um, two and a half men. Because it was just before Corey Haim died. Um, so that's, that's one of the stories that Corey Feldman has been telling, which is why I told it. So we have Charlie Sheen who allegedly raped Corey Haim, and Corey Feldman is very upset about this. But does he have a right to be? And the next, um, in the next installment of this, we're going to talk about Corey Feldman's own anal rape. But it's not what you think it is. Um, until I get a chance to record that episode, I'm going to go and I'm going to lift my champagne flute. Thank you guys once again for 100 episodes of Drunk Gossip. Um, it's been an amazing journey. Um, and we have many, many more episodes ahead of us. Cheers.